Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. Our work rate, particularly off the ball, I thought was sensational considering uh, the exertions of the week and that builds further belief and confidence. If you keep playing games like this, so that also gives confidence to the players and uh, now we have two, uh, two more days to prepare for hips. Football show with the Taxi Centre. Hosted by Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson, and Leanne Crichton. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Well, a massive month of Scottish football ahead of us. Will it be Rangers who continue to set the pace into Christmas and the new year? After the weekend, it's still a four-point difference between Rangers and Celtic. At the top of the Premiership, Barry Ferguson, what impact has Giovanni van Bronckhorst made so far? Well, he certainly made a big impact in terms of results, Rob. Um, obviously, from the, the, the semi-final, um, the performance, you've seen it. In midweek, Thursday night against Sparta, I thought they were really good and then they went to a tricky place. We all know what Livingston's like with artificial surface. He's obviously done a bit of work on the training ground with them um, and you can see the difference in Rangers. It looks like their confidence is back high and that's a great three points they got yesterday. Interesting little, little bit of uh, soundtrack in the background there. Anyway, we're going to continue. Uh, Rangers uh, continuing to set the standard in the Premiership. Uh, they won, of course, in the first of the double header tomorrow. Uh, yesterday, in fact, it was three uh, one. It ended up at uh, Livingston. Uh, Celtic uh, following up beat Aberdeen uh, by two goals to one. So they uh, responding. Uh, to what Rangers have done. Is that the way it's going to be, Leanne? How do you see the, the season panning out? Because hearts are hanging on in there at the moment, at the top. I think it's going to be really interesting, Rob. I, I do believe. I think most of the teams that are up there in that top four will all take points from each other. I think it will be week by week. I don't think there's any guaranteed victories now for either Rangers or Celtic. Everywhere they go, I think they'll be pushed to the limits. Uh, I think over the weekend, the results probably looked comfortable, but... You know, both sides deserve their wins, but I think, you know, even Hearts coming up midweek, Hibs midweek, they'll fancy their chances against the old firm. And I just don't think you can write Hearts off because, you know, I don't think performances at times have been good enough, but I think they'll push it and they could have a say in how the league plays out to the very, very end. But it's excellent. I think for Scottish football, it's excellent because there's when you look at the fixtures over the course of a weekend now, you don't look at it and think there's any guaranteed results to go and there's been many shocks along the way. It's excellent. Uh, the weekend results then Dundee 3 Motherwell 0 that was a bit of a surprise on the back of uh, Motherwell having done so well recently a bit, a little bit up and down for them but still in a good position in the league table uh, I actually watched that game the Hearts uh, St Mirren game uh, Craig Gordon outstanding again uh, and Hearts kept up that great start to the season 1-7 drawn 6 Lost two so far. Ross County won, Dundee United won. Last gasp, I think, describes the equaliser for the Dingwall team. Another point on the board for them. St Johnston won, Hibs two. Another late goal in that one. Uh, Hibs came out on top. Livingston won, Rangers 
3 and Celtic 2, Aberdeen 1. Uh, let's talk about that uh, game at Ammonvale. Uh, Rangers uh, scoring two early on. Back came Livingston. Could have equalised. Great Alan McGregor's save. But in the end, I guess, uh, Rangers winning with a bit of comfort. We controlled the game. We had a great start. First 20, 25 minutes. Scored some two goals. We knew the chances would come in that manner. You know, with Scott making his run into the spaces. So first goal was excellent. Second goal was also really good. Good uh, positional uh, game from our side. And a great shot by, by, by Joe. I think after that, you know, we a we, we, uh, little bit lost the intention of, of playing. And also the speed of play. You know, we were a bit sloppy. And then, of course, the 2-1 the uh, made, uh, made it a real game. Just in the second half, we controlled more. We didn't give any chances away. But if you have so much control of the game, you, you, you have to make sure you finish the game as well as early as possible. And I think we kept Livings too long in, into the game, you know, with the, with the header of Sakala, with the corner kick. I think that was, uh, for us, uh, you know, a relief because it was 3-1. And after that, we, we kept the ball and didn't give them any chance to, um, to play anymore. Two great goals early on, weren't they? The A-team, Arfield and Arebo. And I guess at that stage, Barry, you were probably expecting Rangers to, to kick on and maybe win by a distance. Yep, once they went um, and Arebo scored that second goal, Rob, I, th- I thought they would have went, all, uh, went on and, and got a third or fourth. Uh, but they, they slackened off a wee bit, which is natural sometimes when you come off the back of a, a tough European game. Um, and obviously Alan McGregor making that, that save uh, just before half-time. But the mm-hmm. second half, they gained control again. And once Sakala got that third goal, it was it was a vital three points for them. What do you make of Rangers, Leanne, uh, so far? The the couple of games that we've seen of Giovanni van Bronckhorst doing what he does and uh, the tweaks that he's made to the system. Yeah, I thought particularly midweek, the European game, you could see that there, there had been an influence. I thought they, they moved the ball a lot quicker. I thought there was more intent going forward. It was probably the most chances that they've created out with the Motherwell game, which they were ruthless. I just don't think they were as clinical midweek. Um, looking at them yesterday, probably getting back to where I think we we all know that that Rangers squad can be, you know, because they have underperformed, albeit they've, they've been top of the table. I don't think performances have necessarily matched that. And it looks like there's a bit more security around it. I know the goal they conceded um, yesterday, they would be disappointed. But I think out of possession, there's more of an intent, I think, to shut up shop and really nullify that threat. And I know Van Bronckhorst has, has mentioned that it's probably a work in progress, but I think there's clear signs that he's, he's trying to tweak. I don't think it needs tweaked too much because mm. when you come into a team that is is doing okay and they're in a strong position uh, off the back of the, the League Cup exit, I think is naturally disappointing. So there's bits of the performances that have got to improve, but not massively and those are probably the fine margins that Barry you know, would agree as a manager they're sometimes the toughest ones to find because it's not big changes you don't, it's not overhaul of the squad it's not a change to the entire formation but it's just those little bits the finer details that really make a difference You, you see before they got their width from both of the fullbacks Tavernier and Barisic, mm-hmm. uh, Barisic playing really high up the pitch now you've seen Kent and Hadji keeping the width as well and the two fullbacks being more solid that's the slight um, changes he's, he's made and when you do that, when the fullbacks aren't giving you that width, you become more solid than a, a better defensive unit. So that's the slight wee tweaks that I've seen. And as as Leanne said there, there there's not a lot you need to do. He's just obviously given them a few new ideas and they look more solid, Rangers. Disappointing. I'm sure they'll be disappointed with the goal they lost. Mm-hmm. That can be prevented. Um, I'm sure that's stuff that he'll work on. But you can see the slight changes that Gio, Gio's made in a short period of time because he's not had 
a lot of time on the training ground. When you look at the quality as well, I think middle to front, you want to try and isolate those players as much as you can, like a Ryan Kent, a Yanis Hadji, in 1v1 situations. I think up until this point this season, Barry mentioned that came from the fullbacks last season. I don't think you've seen an awful lot of that. I think it was almost like they were caught between a rock and a hard place. That looks like a more clear pattern and direction of play. And when you look at the influence that Arfield had yesterday, the late runs going from midfield, when you play against teams like a Livingston, especially that want to be robust and compact centrally, they want to deny the space, they want to defend the box, you need to make that, you need to go and create that space. And I think that was what Rangers managed to do yesterday because it could have been a you know, a potential banana skin for them going there. Will Rangers get more out of Ryan Kent, do you think, with that slight alteration in uh, what's expected from him, where where exactly he's operating from? Well, if I'm the manager, and I'm sure Gio will be the same, you want to isolate Ryan Kent one-on-one. That's where he's at his most dangerous. When he, the way that they previously played with Rangers, he was coming inside and you're coming into rookie players. I think Ryan Kent will enjoy that, um, getting isolated one-on-one. I think he'll bring more to the Rangers team. And as we all know, Ryan Kent, when he's running at players, that's when he's, he's most dangerous. It gives defenders a decision to make as well, though. If Ryan Kent's the player in a wide area, a defender has that decision. Do you go and engage or, or do you just try and defend the box? And I think what Rangers have got now is that threat. If they have him in a wide area, creating those types of space and you've got the late runs for midfield, you've got a penalty box striker like Alfredo Morelos, which midweek, I thought it was much better him staying in the box because he's wasted at times, Barry, when he comes as deep as what yeah, we've seen was, him. Before, he was coming for me into the midfield area when you, the midfielders can do that job number nines you want them central that's where they're going to be dangerous and you can see Morelos is playing further up the pitch an extra 10 or 15 yards that's where you want Alfredo Morelos when he's up there he's always got a chance if he's no scoring he's causing problems Do you think Van Bronckhorst can get more out of Borna Barisic because it's been a, a patchy season hasn't it as far as by, by his standards he's been in and out of the team and, and maybe not contributing because I mean he's a top player we, we know about the quality of his delivery um, but I mean he, he he's not so prominent at the moment is he for Rangers yeah he's, he's not playing at the what he would say probably top form there's no doubt about that um, we've seen what sort of player he was last year getting um, high up the pitch firing balls and he, he looks to me if he's um, he's off a bit of form just now but listen that's what the new manager a change it might reunite refire um Yourself up because certainly he's a, he's a quality player. I know there was a lot made. People thought he was going to move. Is that in the back of his mind? We don't know. But listen, Borna Barisic is a, a top player in my eyes. I think, it, sorry, sorry Leah. He's just one of these players. I think that his game just needs to be simplified. Borna Barisic just needs to know what he's what he's expected to do in attack and what he's expected to do defensively. I think just now, at times defensively, he's not good enough. So I think if anybody can improve that, it's probably Van Bronckhorst. He's played in that, those similar types mm-hmm. positions over his career. I think you'll understand it being that natural left-sided player. Is he looking to utilise him going forward? Maybe not so much now if you're pushing your, your front ones a bit wider out. Um, so it's that support for behind the ball and it then comes down to his deliveries. But I think he just needs to know exactly what's expected of him. I think when he starts making it up and he gets caught in areas, even yesterday, he doesn't go and deny the space, he doesn't prevent the cross. And that's when McGregor has to make that brilliant save at the back post. So I think he, there's bits of Borna Barisic's game that he needs to tidy up because I don't think you can really go from being a Rangers player that performed at the level he was last season to then just offering a very mixed bag this season, to probably put it nicely. 
Leanne Crichton, Barry Ferguson, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show on a Monday with the Taxi Centre. Get yourself involved in the discussion at 0808 17 17 700. You know the number well. Text Go in your message to 87474 on the socials. It's at Go Football Show. It was 3-1 Rangers at Livingston. It was 2-1 Celtic at home to Aberdeen on the back of uh, Celtic's travels to Germany and that 3-2 defeat at the hands of Leverkusen. Uh, Ange Postacoglu, pretty happy with the way it went. Players invested a hell of a lot on Thursday night physically, emotionally, and it was important today that we, we went out there and try to still maintain the same sort of energy that we want to maintain through a year. And it's a test because, you know, it's easy for me to say it. Uh, the players are the ones doing it. And, uh, you know, they they're well organised. We had to break them down. We had to be patient. Um, but I thought our energy, and particularly in the second half, we actually picked it up, which was just... Great to see because I knew to, for us to do that, the boys had to dig deep. I was at that game yesterday, Barry. Uh, it was the first time I'd seen Jota for a, for maybe a few weeks close up. Um, uh, he is becoming uh, more and more of a, of a favourite for the fans, May, and maybe even rivaling Kyogo now in terms of who the who the top choice would be among the Celtic supporters, just because of his contribution. Yeah, th- listen, there's no doubt about it. I-, I said a month or two ago, obviously, they a real good start to the season, but you know what it's like with wide players' consistency, but he's producing week in, week out now. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, he's got real good quality. He's adding goals to his game. And one thing I like about him as well, he, he works hard for the team. Mm. He's a hard grafter. Um, so that €7.5 euro buyout or whatever Benfica want, I'm sure the Celtic fans will be desperate for Celtic to try and sort it out as soon as possible because I'm sure clubs will be watching him. Because his form since he's come in has been outstanding. And he's got a good link up down that left side at the moment. I'm sure left side is not the future for uh, Josip Juranovic. I'm sure that there's a fair chance that Celtic, uh, despite what Tony Rolson's done this season, that, that maybe Juranovic's future will be at right back, which is, mm-hmm. has been his number one position. Uh, but at the moment, certainly, you know, he, he's, a, he's a really good player, I think, isn't he, uh, Juranovic, in a number of different areas. And, and he seems to have a good relationship with Jota down that side. Excellent, Rob. Yeah, really, really good. A couple of games I've I've covered at Celtic Park probably in the last couple of months and when you see Yota up close, uh, he's exceptional. I think they'll struggle to to keep hold of him. I think there'll be a lot of clubs now looking at him. I think when you look at the, the buyout, six and a half million, if they could get that done, you know, you would get it done as soon as you possibly could. Yeah. But what it might raise is an eyebrow to and why he's not at Benfica or they now want to keep him because they see the potential in him. But as much as Barry says he works hard, I think he works hard middle to front I think the system that Celtic play just now really suits him because he doesn't need to work back defensively too deep in his own half the way they play in that Ange ball style it's really quick in those transitional moments so he's always a flair player and you can feel it in the stadium when I've been at Celtic Park Barry and you'll know what it's like with players like that that, that get the crowd going and, and big crowds as well he's exciting he's unpredictable um, it's just whether he can keep up that form but as Barry says consistency is normally the thing with a wide player and you can see it in the other side with a badder Again, a player that started really well, maybe went off the boil mm-hmm. a little bit, now under pressure with James Forrest coming back in as well. But Jota has certainly been a, a top signing for Celtic this season. I, I think people need to remember, Abada's only 19. That's I, probably I the difference though, is his yeah. age. Yeah. Jota is, what, 22? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got a bit more experience. Um, but he's certainly, he's lit up this league. There's no doubt about it. He's been a, a cracking find. And I'm sure Celtic are... And you'll be desperate to get him um, tied up because I'm certain there'll be teams watching him. There's no doubt about it.
Yeah, and uh, creating goals, scoring goals, five and five it is for him now on the back of the opener against Aberdeen yesterday. And here is his manager talking about him. I see Jotter every day and I see how happy he is and he understands, I think, what this football club has done for him. And, you know, I rely on that a lot. You know, I, I, I'm not into sort of playing games around negotiations and stuff. Uh, people want to stay here and uh, there's a willingness on our side. We'll do our best to keep everyone here who wants to stay here. Uh, more importantly is that he's continually developed his game. He knows he, he, he wants to improve every day. Um, so joy to work with and, and, you know, I think our supporters are loving watching him play every week. That sounds badly like he's pretty happy, doesn't it, from what Juan Postacoglu is saying there about Jota. Um, that if Celtic can actually get the get the paperwork done, uh, which is not necessarily the easy bit of it, but... Uh, um, that he he might want to continue his time there because he is you know yes he's older than Obada but he's still only 22 and and this is the I guess probably the longest run of top team football he's had uh, and so he's developing um, and and he might take kindly to the offer of a permanent deal with Celtic judging by what the manager's saying there. Well, Posta Coglu's right there Celtic's been good for Yota because he wasn't playing at Benfica they've given him a platform to go and show what he, he can do and he's certainly shown it at a consistent um, level there's no doubt about it um, and a good thing listening to Postacoglu there is I like hearing players that are wanting to learn and he's clearly wanting to learn and work hard and I think it would be better for him if he, he come over to Celtic and sign permanently because you, you need to play week in week out and look I think at that price €7.5 million euro, if he goes and has another good 18 month, Celtic will look at doubling that and transfer fee because certainly clubs down in England will be keeping a close eye on him. And it's one thing looking at what he's done here in the Scottish Premiership, but even against top opposition, the, the likes of Leverkusen on Thursday, Leanne, he, he didn't look out of place, did he? He looked a menace even against that level of opposition. No, and, and he's always, for me, I think, braving the ball. I don't... There's maybe spells in the game that he, he dies out of things or games that have been a bit tougher for Celtic but he always wants to get on the ball any opportunity and his game plan never changes I don't think I've ever seen him at any point simplifying things where he just bounces one twos or the ball goes back the way every time he gets the ball he wants to take somebody on he wants to be really positive and I think that's huge and when you look at a player like Ryan Kent for example that's had a couple of really good seasons in Scotland has taken that opportunity and now teams in the English Premiership will look at him I think it's a brilliant market as well for Jota to put himself into at his age but he's got a lot to learn as well and that's probably where Celtic could you know, pay the fee for him keep him in Scotland for another couple of seasons develop other sides of his game and as Barry said, I don't think they would be too far away from certainly increasing the fee that they would pay. It's a big talking point at the moment among Celtic fans. Can they turn that loan arrangement into a permanent deal? Uh, Jota on top form and Celtic staying within four points of Rangers at the top. What are you making of Jota? What are you making of Celtic at the moment? Uh, are Rangers going to stay where they are right through the season as the Premiership pace setters? 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! go, 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 go. Yeah, it's Monday with the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Barry Ferguson, Leanne Crichton, Rob McLean, all present and correct. Well, Barry's almost all present and uh, correct uh, but you did have a win to celebrate at the weekend. A big win, Barry. 5-0 against Bonnie Rig Rose in the Scottish Cup. How was that? 
Yeah, l- listen, it was a potential banana skin for us. Um, you've seen over the seasons, Bonnyrig, um, I've took a few scalps. I watched them in the cup up at Dundee. They took Dundee extra time at Dens Park. Um, so it was important that we, we showed a good attitude. Rob, that's what I says to the players. It's not a case that they're a couple of leagues below them that we can just turn up and win the game. We had to go out and make sure we started well and that's what we've done. And uh, We got off to a great start and then we, we controlled the game. So it was a, a real good performance and happy to get into the next round and hopefully get a home tie again. There are a few great stories, aren't they, emerging? There all, there always are in the Scottish Cup. Auchinleck Talbot beat Hamilton at the weekend. Leanne uh, banks had a good win uh, against East Fife. Um, and the Bankies keep on doing it, don't they? Um, I was at their win. Uh, well, they drew with Elgin, then won in the replay. They, they beat Clyde at the weekend, the Bankies. So there'll be a lot of excitement about the, the draw coming up tonight. Absolutely. I think everybody loves the, the Scottish Cup. Um, I've been across it for the last couple of seasons, Rob, about it, uh, numerous games. And I always think the atmosphere and, you know, the, the smaller teams that are in there, they, they love it when you go to the grounds and the ones that have probably got a bit more history about them. It's just an incredible day out. There's the last game tonight, isn't it? Breaking uh, against yeah, Darvel. which yep. again will be another one that um, I'm sure, you know, a lot of Scottish football fans will be across it just expecting another classic Scottish Cup game but it's great you know I think even Barry saying that Bonnie Rigg could have been a, a potential um, banana skin for them but you know an impressive victory in the end but just to get into that next round you, you know how much it means to all the teams that are involved It's a busy week coming up in the Premiership with a full set of fixtures across uh, Tuesday to Thursday Motherwell Dundee United uh, tomorrow night Hibs Rangers Aberdeen Livingston Dundee St Johnson St Mirren Ross County Wednesday Celtic play Hearts uh, on Thursday, uh, all 7.45 kickoffs. Let's talk to Paul in Hamilton, who's a Celtic fan. Hi, Paul. Hi, Rob. How you doing, mate? Yeah. How you doing, Barry? Hi, how you doing? How you doing? Not too bad. Uh, it's just a quick question, Rob. You know, obviously, you say it's there, you know, on a bit sort of the Rangers being the sort of, you know, the pace there as they got mm. to stay there, got to stay there. Stuff you for Derby games to go. I don't call that anymore. Sorry, Barry. Um, but there's still few Derby games to go. Yeah. So how can you turn you know turn around and say that? I mean, Celtic so in a totally different position to what they were twelve months ago. Ah, uh-huh. no, no. What, what, no, what, I'm, what I was talking about was Rangers setting the pace at the moment, which they are. I didn't say they were going to win the league, Paul, because um, there's a, a long way to go, even apart from the derby games. But at the moment, it's four points of a difference. I mean, you could argue about which teams got momentum going for them. Uh, I'm sure, but at the moment. Would you not? Would you not agree? Rangers are setting the pace. I yeah, I've got to say that. I mean, obviously the, the game against obviously Hearts first game of the season shocks on the bit with Um But I'd have set the pace. But I mean, with three other sort of down. So it's going to be in a better position, I think, to strengthen. If you actually sort of look at the money to sort of side, it's going to be both. I think Celtic will be in a stronger position to strengthen. Yeah, I mean, you'll be excited about the the January window, I guess, and and what Celtic can can do. On the basis, on on the back of what they've already done, because I don't think anyone would argue that they've, they've made a lot of progress uh, from the start of the season. Oh, the, the, the position the they were in. The first signing they should make is what you should be saying is Jota. Get that boy signed. Uh, so, I mean, he's night and day. Um, what he's done to the team and that just now. Make you go nuts coming in. There's still sort of links, you know, talk with a couple of other Japanese lads coming in. Um, obviously, uh, Ange Postecoglou, he's talking into the Japanese market. Because um, he's seen a lot of these sort of players, so I mean the whole thing is actually good for. See, then today, I mean, I hate saying it, but you did need the two big two in Scotland. It's always going to be the big two. 
for them strength to obviously to get the coefficients and build on and so on and so forth. Celtic aren't the the pace setters at the moment then because they're not top of the league. But are, in your mind, are they the title favourites, Paul? I think so. I I think so. Um, just be obviously the base what he's he's got. Rangers have got a lot of tricky games coming up. Um, I mean, they've you know, got Habs, Hearts, so on and so forth. Then obviously you've got the, the Derby um, just before New Year's Day. So no, I think it's only some of pace setting at the moment. Barry, Celtic, our title favourites going to Paul? Yeah, Paul's obviously entitled to his own opinion. I think it's going to go down to the wire, Paul. I, I don't care what end is. I think there's going to be points dropped throughout the season. Um, this is not going to be one of these ones last year Rangers won it by 25 points. Previous seasons, Celtic um, running away with it. I think it's going to go right down to the last couple of games of the season. I still think there'll be points dropped because I think the teams this year are stronger. You look at Hearts coming up for the Championship with a great start to the season. When Hibs get their act together and play like they did against Rangers last last week in the semi-final, they're a decent team as well. Um, so there's a lot of good teams. I think both Celtic and Rangers will drop some points um, going forward. And I think, as I said, it's going to go right down to the wire. It's going to maybe even go down to the last game of the season. That's the way I see it. I think it will be, Barry, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think it will be sort of right down to the wire because, I mean, obviously, what's going to be harder as well is obviously if they progress, keep on progressing in Europe. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. Celtic's dropped into the conference side of it. But the mere games they play in Europe, you know yourself, the players start getting more tired of And it's going to be in a, and they will, they will drop, they will be dropping points, but the way it's all like, I can see Rangers starting their points. Um, I definitely think he's will sell. I think he's going to lose a couple of key players. Who who do you think's going, Paul? Ken. I think Ken will go. I think he'll go to Villa. Got a funny oh. feeling, and I think that'd be embarrassing as well. Yep, January's going to be big. Mm. Is Rangers going to be able to keep their best players? Is Rangers going to be able to bring anybody in? Is Gio going to be allowed to go and spend a bit of money? Because certainly, I think there's Ange Postecoglou is going to have finances, but. As we all know, January's a, a difficult window. You'd normally get players who are maybe out of the team, out of favour, out of forum. That's mm-hmm. the type of players you get. But listen, January's going to be massive, Paul, for both of them. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Rangers had their losses. They need to then go and sell. But when you, I watched Gio's presser, they made it clear that they don't need to sell unless it's for the right price. Um, but January's always big. It'll be interesting to see both who both Rangers and Celtic bring in. It's going to be interesting to see if Rangers hold their nerve, Leanne, maybe, during the January transfer window and hold out for the the £40 million that would come their way if they won the title at the end of the season. Yeah, I think I'll agree with what Barry says. I think January and, and Paul as well, it'll be hugely significant. I think this winter period always is. We've seen it over the, the last number of seasons, the way the league's played out, whether that points deficit narrows or either side of the old firm goes on and, and creates quite a considerable gap that's unrecoverable and has been unrecoverable for both sides of the old firm in the last two seasons. So I think recruitment will be massive, but what you've got is, is two managers that probably are still a bit unknown in that sense in the Scottish market, how they'll recruit, who they'll bring in, and, and that could define the season because if Celtic go and they recruit really well and they get players in like Ajota and, and Kyogo and have that same type of influence on the team, that could be massive over the course of the season and certainly when it comes down to the derby games, it's like that Van Bronckhorst could do the exact same at Rangers and bring in players that he's had a close eye on that people don't know an awful lot about uh, and I think players will go but you know either side of the, the old firm you could see a bit of movement Kent there's, there's been a lot of speculation around that I'd be surprised if that doesn't um, either happen 
quite quickly in the market or that it drags on throughout that transfer window. Um, but surely Van Bronckhorst is, is coming into Rangers with a plan B and he's, he's not coming in to stand still and uh, allowing, allow Rangers to stagnate and he's in a good position so he would be looking to build on that. But it's up to both sets of players, Barry will know that as well. Who can hold their nerves, who can, who can kick on, who can perform under pressure? Sorry, Paul. If you look at sort of you know the business aspect to it, I think Rangers are sort of they've got to sort of to buy the D sell players. Let's be honest. I don't know so much the now though, Paul, but even when I look at that, because they are still in Europe as well. So I think Rangers probably could bank on the fact that they're in a really strong position and remaining in Europe will generate more cash. And if you can go and win the title, it will generate more cash again. So I don't think the immediate concern right now, in this moment where they've got a stronghold on the league campaign a four-point deficit, they would be thinking that they need to sell players. But maybe I'm wrong. That's just how I would see it. I think you would put all your eggs in the one basket and you would go and try and bankroll success now rather than stepping back for that. Because look what you're getting in May. You're getting £40 million. If, uh, if you win the... Uh, you're gambling, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I think it's a gamble you've got to take as well. Because, uh, listen, £40 million into the coffers, as Rangers, it'll clearly help them. We obviously the losses have had. And obviously Celtic will look to go and strengthen to try and get that pot of gold uh, come the middle of May. Um, I know what I would do if I was Rangers. Gio, I, I don't think Gio would have took the job. I think he would have asked them, mm-hmm. listen, am I going to keep this core group? These are important players for me. I don't think he would have come in. It's going to be a fire sale. I think that might happen. You might see one or two go at the end of the season. I would be surprised if i seen it in January. Paul, how many players do you think Celtic will add in January? I say two to three. Um, you've still got a lot of big key players to come back, like Big Julian. Um, obviously, Rodgers has struggled with injuries, so I mean, I think you maybe sort of go for that two or three. Paul, where do you think you need to strengthen? Definitely at the back. Um, we can't, we're not some of the best defensive wise. Um, Midfield, I think there's some of the hard work in that. I'd say it's definitely more at the back, and maybe even so. Like, um, there's a couple of Dutch players. Uh, I'm, I'm, nah, I'm not going to say nothing up front. Um, I think nah, we need to shorty then. Who did Paul? Sorry, who would you say has got the stronger squad then? Just now, do you think Celtic have got a, a stronger squad than Rangers? I think so. Yeah, we get the some of the players back for injury and all the rest. I say yeah, we've got a stronger squad. So, if you get any, so if you get any concerns then about losing? any of those players because I know you think Rangers might lose some as well but their best players would you have any concerns about losing any Celtic players in January? I don't think any of them will go because I mean a lot of them has actually been brought in um, and they're relatively new so I don't I can't see he's actually losing any the, the, the only thing Paul is Julian I, I don't think you can rely on him remember he's been out for 9 or 10 months and yeah. Leanne will tell you that's Paul, why, when you're out for that length of time actually, it, it Aye, takes a bit of time for you to get back, so I, I don't think you can this, rely and on this him. And this is why, so like, you know, obviously, Angie's been, uh, you know, really sort of, like, you know, breaking them in gently with training and training and getting them both back up to speed, back up to speed, to like, the odd bounce game, by a training. So he's building them back up. He kind of just, like, come in and just throw them straight up. There's a lot of fitness and that he's going to get back into it as well. So There's a difference between just being fit and being match fit and match ready. You'll know that anyway, Barry. So Paul, would would you reckon a, a centre back? You you know you need to strengthen that area and a left back. Aye, aye. And a mid, and you're looking for a midfield player as well. And are you looking for a, another um, another striker? 
No, I never said midfield. I think we're quite uh, strong in the midfield. Definitely another striker. But I mean, there's a couple of them that slips just all materials uh, in my eyes and just slip around and foster. Um, they're a waste of jersey when they've actually come on the park. Um, I'm not going to mention names. Um, we probably don't have to guess too hard, I don't think. What, 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 are you, what are you thinking about James McCarthy? Is he working out for you? Um, he's not got the same engines as we had when he was at Hamilton Ackies and when he was at Ellen and Solid Down. I remember James, I used to work at Ackies. Um, he's not got the same engine. Um, I used a different player. He's made a holding midfielder. Um, which is, I think, a lot of Celtic supporters maybe need to try and get used to. He's no sort of more, di- he's no direction. You know what I mean? He's made mo- holes and he can slow a game right down. He's absolutely, I mean, he done that um, against obviously Aberdeen yesterday. He slowed the game down a lot. He slowed for Aberdeen playing. And that's the sort of difference between James McCarthy. That's the way Solid plays. One big boost for Celtic has been the return of James Forrest, hasn't it? And it's and it's kind of almost with perfect timing because uh, Leal Abada made such an impact early on. He shaded off as you'd probably expect him to do, uh, being still a, a young and relatively inexperienced player. Um, and and Forrest comes back in, and well, we've seen already in the last week or so what he does when he plays. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's it's going to be the thing. He's obviously been careful because they obviously Forrest. Had the injury, so he's he's no sort of playing him, burning him out, burning him out all the time. He likes to be careful when he plays, and I think he likes to do the same with Big Julian comes back as well. Is it Celtic against Rangers for the title then, Paul, or or do you think Hearts could hang on in there at the top end as well? No, Hearts. I mean, I'm sorry, it's like an elephant up a tree. You don't know how it got there, but you're not going to be there much longer. I can't see it. I definitely can't see it. Okay, that's quote of the show so far. Well done. Um, and good to, good to hear from you, Paul, as well. Take care. Cheers, Paul. Cheers, Paul. All right, cheers, Paul. Good night. All the best. Good night. Bye. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. Wins for Rangers and Celtic yesterday in the Scottish Premiership. Rangers keep their four-point lead, 33 points uh, for them. 29 for Celtic. It was Livingston 1, Rangers 3 in the 12 o'clock kickoff at the Tony Macaroni yesterday. 2-0, then 2-1. Uh, and then Rangers sealed it thanks to Fashion Sakala. Celtic 2, Aberdeen 1, Jota scoring, Lewis Ferguson's penalty equaliser, and then a pretty freakish winning goal as Johnny Hayes' clearance flew in off Callum McGregor and Celtic had their three points as well. So the gap remains the same at the top. Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson and Leanne Crichton on the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre and uh, we're on a Monday night and we've got Scott for company as well, a Rangers fan. Hi, Scott. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, thanks. You. How are you? I'm OK. Good, man. Yeah. What are you thinking about the weekend? Uh, what are you thinking about Giovanni van Bronckhorst and your team? Uh, um, obviously, it's only two games, but I think two games that's only been positives. I think although the goal yesterday, negative, I think again comes at centre-half. Well, it's Goldson, but I think I blame Goldson more than Bassey, but you could blame either one of them. And I think that is a weakness. Hopefully Phil Hollander comes back and hopefully we recall Katic in January rather than sign a centre-half. But I also want to talk about Joe Arrivo. I think... So does Barry. Know, I think new, yeah. I'm with I you, Scotty, here. The, I'm with yeah. you. I think him in the 10 in the four-two-three-one is a much much better position for him rather than right-hand side of a three in the midfield. So I think... 
him in the right hand driving midfield doesn't help Pav out as much on the right back, which leaves him exposed. But uh, yeah, him and him as a ten taking any defensive thing uh, abilities away from him, I think that can only improve him this season. Yeah, listen, Scott, I, I love him. I, I think he's he's just getting better and better. I'm with you. I think centrally, that's where he's at his best. Um, he's powerful. He's got pace. He's got a brilliant football brain, um, and he's now starting starting to add goals to his game. Which, for me, any midfielder who can get in between twelve and fi- uh, twelve and fifteen goals a season, they're a, they're a top midfielder. I think it's one that Rangers need to get him tied down. Again, in a long-term contract for me, he's uh, just a. I just love watching him play, and as I said, I just see so much improvement, uh, improvement in his game. Um, even for last season, I think he's been Rangers' best player this season. And for me, centrally, I don't think there's a better player at this moment in time in Scotland in central midfield than Joe Arebo. Fantastic finish, Leanne, yesterday, wasn't it? Excellent. Yeah, and I would agree with Barry. I think if we can start adding numbers like that to his game. It will take his game to another level, and he's probably an unsung hero, I reckon, because he's he's not one of the names that gets mentioned every weekend. You know, I think there's always names in the Rangers team. Kamara gets spoke about a lot. Morelos just now Kent because he he's linked in in terms of a move away. Um, I think he's outstanding. You know, I think his his footwork, especially tight areas the way he takes the ball. I think he's he's an athlete overall as well. He, he's got every aspect of his game and. I know Scott's saying he, he doesn't like him maybe having to do that defensive side of the game but he can do that as well and he can defend for the front but he, he's certainly an outlet and a huge, huge player for Rangers. Scott, I'm just looking, he's got four goals this season um, which I find incredible, really incredibly disappointing for him because that, in many ways I guess that's the missing link for him at the moment. I mean, he could have had a hat-trick against Sparta Prague on Thursday night, couldn't he? Uh, the areas he got into, the chances he had and... Um, he he's going to be one major asset for Rangers, isn't he? When he adds goals as well as everything else he does. Yeah, as you said, he missed a handful of chances against Prague. I remember one against, I think it was Dundee. I know he scored, but I think he missed another one away. And he could he could be in already eight, seven eight goals for midfielder. And I think in a four two three one, him either on the right hand side. And Hadji in the 10, or him in the 10 and Hadji on the right, I think those two can interchange. I think so. Kent got to the right as well yesterday. I think him along that front three will be a massive asset to Gio in pushing us to the title again and hopefully beyond last 32 Europe, Europa League as well. I know a lot of Rangers fans are worried about they're going to lose their, their best players. A Morelos, a Ken, a Barisic, a Nathan Patterson, but for me, it's Joe Arebo. He never gets mentioned. Would he be top of your list? Yes, a hundred percent. As I said, Rob, I just think he's he's getting better and better every time I watch him. He just improves. Um, as I said, that four goals that you've just mentioned there, uh, yeah, I'm sure he would be disappointed mm. with that. He would expect a bit more. But now he's starting to get the goals. I thought his finish against Livingston was was brilliant. Um, great finish. And if he starts scoring goals, his price is just going to rocket. Um, but for me, that's the one that I think teams will be looking at, mm-hmm. Joe Arebo. I think um, he, he, he can play anywhere, Leanne. Yeah. He can play centrally. As Scott's just mentioned, um, Stephen Gerrard used them the right side against Celtic, remember, just to stop them mm-hmm. from getting forward. So he's he's adaptable. He can play anywhere across the middle, but just all-round top football player for me. 
People talk about Glen Kamara and, and the great business that he was, and obviously he was 50 grand for, from Dundee. But I'm just looking at Joe Aribo here. He joined in the summer of 2019 on freedom of contract from Charlton, and basically Rangers had to pay a cross-border development fee, Barry, £300,000. Now, what, 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 what's, what's Joe Aribo worth now? Oh, you're looking well over £10 million. Yeah. It depends, Rob, how long he's got left in his contract. Now, I think he might have a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. So. I think that's why it's important what you're saying, Barry, yep. to get him on a longer contract and, and and accept the fact that at some point he probably will attract attention and move on. But at least at that point, you've had a brilliant investment you, you in his know. future and that comes back into the club. You always know you, you've got a real chance of losing your best players. If they perform really well up here, there's teams down in England that are going to come in and pay big money. But for me, you're looking at well over £10 million for Joe Aribo. Scott, we had, uh, we had Paul, who's a Celtic fan, on earlier in the show. Don't know if you heard him. Uh, but he was he was reckoning Rangers are bound to sell. They've got to sell uh, in January. What, what do you think? Uh, obviously, I'm probably going to disagree because I feel the thing that came out of our books of the £23 million loss isn't as big as some people are making out. I think the fact that we don't owe money to the bank or to Mike Ashley anymore, which was got in trouble 10 years ago, I think that's massive and doesn't really get mentioned. So we're not in the financial pit that we are. I think every club lost money over the last year because of no fans, advertising, pandemic, whatever, whatever. So I don't think we're in the need to sell. And I think some Celtic fans wishing we can sell more than thinking we should sell. And I think the fact we got through in the Europa League and they didn't is also massive financially more than anything. I said to, I think we may have an argument of whether we rather win the Sparta game or the Hibs game. I said the Hibs game, but he mentioned this financial aspect of going through against Sparta, which I didn't really think of. But yeah, getting the Europa League money, I think that shows that we don't need to sell as much as some people hope we do. I don't think Rangers will sell in January. I don't, unless it's a crazy offer, well above their valuation for a player. I don't think Rangers will sell a player in January. And only inside Rangers do they know um, if they have to sell or not. Yeah, and I think you might think or, or you might be open to suggestions of, like Barry says, if it's a, a sum of money that's, that's way over and above your expectations, you might think, well, we'll take it. But I, I, I don't think they're in a position that they need to sell because we spoke about this probably last season heading into the summer and none of Rangers' top players were sold. So they obviously didn't need to sell then and they're probably in a better position now even although, as Scott mentioned, the, the financial losses that were announced but I, every club would have been the same and now you've got that almost the, the dangle of the carrot, isn't it, with the end of the season. If you can sustain that you can keep all those players there you can maybe add another bit of money to those players because they go and produce like say Joe Aribo another good season and better numbers and if Ryan Kent did stay and Ayanis Hadji starts producing numbers and Alfredo Morelos gets back to scoring the goals that, that we know he can why would you sell them now? Why would you not just wait another six months and, and be in a, an incredible financial position because whoever wins the league this season will find themselves in that position Yep, it's worth it's worth keeping your, your best players that carrot's getting dangled, one. £40 million. Pound. Keep your best players go for it, and I think that's what Rangers will do. Scott? I think the only player I'm more worried about is Nathan Patterson. I think he's the only one that I think could go. I know he's, let's say, let's say Aston Villa, for example, so I think that's the club. It's more lazy journalism, like him more than anything. But let's take Aston Villa. Their right back's what, Matty Cash, good mm -hmm. player. Yep. 
if he, let's say, Patterson could easily double his money down south. He's probably sitting there thinking, right, I'm on, I don't know, let's say, for Tonk's sake, 15k a week at Rangers. Don't know if it's much as that. Let's say Tonk's sake, 15k a week to sit on the bench. I could go down to Aston Villa and sit on the bench for 30k a week. I think you'd, I think you'd happily do that. And I think that that's probably the only player I'm probably worried about losing. But I think the rest of them, I think your Kamara's, Aribo's I'm talking about, Hadji, Morelos, Kent, etc. I think they'd all rather play in the Champions League than mid-table Premier League. Might be a gamble though, just now even for Patterson. I know, and I, I take on board what you're saying, Scott, but I think if you look at the position that he's in as an international player just now in the games that's coming up, I don't know, does he go to a club down south and play? At all, and, and I know he's not played a lot up here, but I think you can see even with Van Bronckhorst coming in, he's got real intent to get him on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Well, he's featured in both games, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So he wants to get him in yeah. there. And, it's and at times, for his development, Leanne, I, I would think it's better. Look, I think he's ready. He's more than ready to play. For me, he can be anything he wants to be. Nathan mm. Patterson. I think he's got everything in the locker. He's just going to get better and better. But the only thing is, he's he knows that he's he's ready to play, and that's the the problem that Gio's going to have the same as Gerard had. Um, but the last two games you've seen Nathan Patterson coming on and playing in front of James mm-hmm. Tavenier will that be a, a formation going forward that he might deploy who knows but I would like to see him stay yep he is one it's him and Arebo are the two that spring to mind for me that clubs will be keeping an eye on And but for his development I would like to see Nathan Patterson stay and go and play 50, 75, 100 games and then eventually if you want to go and play at the top level it will happen because he's that good one question for you, Scott, before you go. Um, nobody was wishing Steven Gerrard away, but has the change of manager maybe on reflection come at a good time? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm still not, I'm still not convinced about the timing because I think if Gerrard had stayed, I think we'd probably beat Hibs at Hamden and obviously cup final against Celtic. Last time we've stepped win, but we were a much better team for this season. I think we probably would have beat them. But yeah, I think obviously the timing with Gerrard leaving, I still don't still doesn't sit right. But the fact we've got Gio in, who's a more experienced manager and arguably a better manager, I think it's probably the best appointment we could have got. And I still don't like the way Gerard left, the timing, the whole thing about it. But yeah, I think we're in a better place under Gio than we were under Gerard. I know it's only two games, but based on what I've seen. Yeah, let's jump to conclusions. That's what we do. Good to have you on the show, Scott. Cheers, guys. All the best. We're talking football till seven. And the news at six is next. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years. And they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai. You name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars. The lot. All under one roof. Ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland. UK with taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. Well, we heard from them there at the top of the hour and we'll be hearing more from them uh, as the 60 Minutes of Football chat continues on the show. Ange Postecoglou and Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Two wins out of two for the Dutchman so far. Back at Rangers, uh, in charge, taking over from Steven Gerrard. 
and uh, keeping Rangers moving, keeping Rangers at the top of the Premiership to four-point advantage on the back of yesterday's games. Uh, 3-1 Rangers at Livingston and it was 2-1 Celtic at home to Aberdeen. Those back-to-back games, a big doubleheader in the Premiership uh, yesterday. Uh, confirmation uh, today of the news that Man United uh, have... Uh, got their interim manager in place. We've known it's been happening for a couple of days. Uh, He has been appointed as of today. Ralph Rangnick as their interim manager until the end of the season subject to work visa requirements. Uh, The 63-year-old taking over from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer who was sacked on the 21st of November following a defeat by Watford. Uh, Rangnick has left his role as head of sports and development at the Russian club Lokomotiv Moscow to take up the job. He said today, I'm excited to be joining Man United, focused on making this a successful season. So he's there, Barry, until the end of the season and then Rangnick uh, will stay on at Old Trafford for another two years in a consultancy role. It's an interesting bit of decision-making this, isn't it? Yeah, but... Strange. Um, listen, he's he's got fantastic experience. You've seen the, the job he, he done in Leipzig. Um, it was a fantastic uh, job he done there. Um, it's a strange one. I thought they maybe have gave it to Michael Carrick until the end of the season, but they've made a decision. And um, obviously he'll take charge until the, the end of the season then obviously go upstairs after that. So it'll be interesting to see who they bring in next summer. It looks to me if, it's, if they definitely want Pochettino, um, who I think again... Um, as another fantastic manager it's whether they can price him away from, uh, from PSG um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what, what happens and what, what kind of uh, job the new manager does for Manchester United It's quite an interesting one if he doesn't do too well though isn't it? You've but got he's still a guaranteed got... to I know the two years consultancy I like the sounds like of the that. best employment state it ever uh, it's a strange one for me mm. a club the size of Man United appointing somebody on almost like an interim basis like that Um but what is good value for money is, is Roy Keane and Jamie Carragher yesterday oh, having yeah. it out. With Jimmy um, Floyd in the middle. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> if, any, if people haven't seen that, they need to go and just have a wee nosy because it was yeah. hilarious. Um, but you've got to appreciate what Roy Keane's saying though in, in terms of some of the ongoings at Man United. You know Who's making some of these crazy decisions mm. and why are they happening? Because if that is the level that a, a club of that size is operating at where you're only bringing players in to maybe win an FA Cup or just to make sure you get top four. At what point was that good enough? Surely all those years of dominance has is, is not been for, for that level of acceptance. So we'll see what Ragnick does when he, he comes in, but it's um, the Premier League merry-go-round goes again. Yeah, I think Jimmy Carragher's new profile pick is actually of Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank sitting <laughs> in the middle with this big vacant smile on his he face. He not know what to do. He wasn't getting a word in anyways, What was do he? you do, though? Exactly. <laughs> oh, but that's brilliant. I, I love that. Listen, just two passionate guys. Um, but listen, Roy Keane's right. It's, that's not acceptable for a club at in Man United stature. Since Sir Alex Ferguson stepped down, they've been in a downward spiral in Manchester United. So they need to get their, their self in gear. Because um, Man Man U's built on winning trophies, let's be honest with you. But are they happy now to finish in the, the top four just to get into Champions League? Are they happy just to win a, a League Cup or an FA Cup? When I was getting brought up, Man United were the team. They were the dominant team in England. Who's going to win the big prize in Scotland, though, at the end of the season? Rangers four points ahead at the moment. They are pace setters, I think I'm, uh, I'm right in saying. Uh, but maybe not everybody's favourite for the big prize. The, the bookie's probably pretty split at the moment in terms of... Uh, where the title might end up. The 2-1 Celtic against Aberdeen yesterday afternoon and uh, Ange Postecoglou pretty happy. 
Basically, you know, I still thought you know, we dominated the game for the most part. You know, we hit the post, had a couple cleared off the line, so we were still creating chances. And you know, sometimes you just need an extra goal, and then you, know, you totally break teams open. But like I said, our work rate, particularly off the ball, I thought was sensational, considering uh, the exertions of the week. And that builds further belief and confidence that you can work hard through a game and, and, and get the result in the end. He sounds pretty happy, Leanne, doesn't he, at the progress Celtic are making? Yeah, I think he's got to be. You know, considering the, the turnaround that it's been, the amount of players that have come in, the pressure that was on them, um, and a poor start to the season, but they they've managed to ride, you know, that storm and, and get through it, and they've found themselves in a a really decent place heading into a winter period that we spoke about earlier. It's going to be crucial, I think, for for all the teams in that top four, whether Hearts can keep themselves up there, whether Dundee United can you know continue the strong start to the season that they've had. Uh, and if Rangers and Celtic can continue that momentum and consistency, that would be the biggest question. But I think at the start of the season, if you had asked anybody associated with Celtic um, from the outside looking in, would you have expected them to be maybe only four points off the top? I think it would have been a huge ask and a lot of people are, are probably surprised at where they're at. But that's credit to the work that Ange Postacoglu's done and certainly the players that he's, he's brought in. Do the two games against Leverkusen, Barry, give us a guide as to how far Celtic have travelled in the course of uh, the last couple of months? 4-0 beaten at Celtic Park uh, by the German team um, and ran them pretty close on, on Thursday. Ended up losing, but actually were pretty competitive against the top team. Yeah, um, I think they've came a long way. There's no doubt about it. I think middle to front, Rob, they're a danger. They're going to create chances and score goals. I still think defensively they're vulnerable. I still think you can get get at them, sorry, from set pieces. Um, but look, Leverkusen, for me, they're a Champions League team. You go there and you're 2-1 up with eight minutes to go, you've surely got to come away with at least a point. Um, so that's something I'm sure that'll frustrate them. Because um, a couple of the goals I think are avoidable. There's no doubt about it. If you look back on them, defensively they're a bit suspect. But that's been the case for Celtic for a couple of years now um, so that's something that he needs to sort because going forward as I says, they're always going to uh, create chances and score goals Does he take the hit for that Thursday? I don't think he's going to change he's adamant it's an all out attack um, that's that's the way it is it, it, look, it doesn't matter if you're coming up against bottom of the league or top of the league or in Europe you're going to Leverkusen who are a, a top team um, he's not going to change his style of play and people just need to get used to that now because he's, he's one thing and that's going and attacking teams there was a worry uh, when Joe Hart got injured quite early on in the game yesterday. Um, he was he was on the on the ground getting treated for quite a few minutes before he bounced back up and uh, ended up making a making a good save in that first half as well. How is he? Yeah, I wasn't really sure. He um, yeah, we, he obviously um, it was a bit of a weird one because it wasn't a head knock or anything like that. He just he just went numb and sort of couldn't stand up. So, um, but he, you know, sort of worked his way through it and uh, thankfully he didn't have too much to do after that. I mean. He had, sort of a couple of uh, times he had to get into the play but um, yeah pleased that he could sort of work his way through it He looks like really enjoying himself Elian doesn't he Joe Hart and, and he did when he was called on yesterday I mean only one apart from the penalty um, only one serious shot on target from Aberdeen yesterday but it was a good save Yeah and I think he's a quality goalkeeper Joe Hart you know and he's brought that level of experience as well he's really vocal I think every game you watch him whether it, you know I've been across the highlights or I've been out at games he's constantly offering information to the players in front of and that's really important especially the the level of performance that Celtic are trying to produce and then he comes up with big saves when you need them and that's what Celtic didn't have last season you know when it came down to the finer margins 
maybe a 1-0 games that are tight like an Aberdeen game they would have probably offered up another opportunity a little bit of incentive but Joe Hart I think gives them that security now and you can go and play with that freedom and play the way that Postecoglou wants them to play going forward in attack I think I'd agree with Barry I think defensively they're still suspect there's certain moments in, in parts of the game that they still need to eradicate um, because I don't think there's too much enjoyment in going 2-1 ahead to then lose 3-2 and that happening over the course of the season on many occasions so um, there's bits of it that you would probably like to just make it a bit more comfortable but certainly Joe Hart's been a, a massive player for them this season He's, and it will be the difference we see that with Rangers and the saves that Alan McGregor comes mm. up with um, you look at other teams like Craig Gordon at Hearts there's no that, that's probably what was it Paul I don't know how Paul described it earlier where Hearts position was with an elephant up a tree Yeah. Um, but I think <laughs> Gordon's probably one of the reasons why Hearts are up that end of the table just now because he's the saves that he's pulled off in vital moments and Joe Hart's doing the exact same. It's so important, goalkeepers. It's mm. one of the most important positions because um, I always say it, a top goalkeeper's worth 15 points mm. or even more a season. But um, it's a trust as well, Barry, for the players in front of them to be able to yeah. go and play and trust that myself, they can build and trust they can play with that freedom. Yeah, I know myself, I've, I knew I had not just a good defence but a top goalkeeper knowing that at times teams are going to get chances against you you can rely on the goalkeeper making saves and that's what Joe Hart's brought to, to Celtic there's no doubt he's he's a big character but he's a big presence as well you, you see he's a big guy mm. in the goals and I said when Celtic signed him there was a lot of people questioning it because he hadn't played a lot of football but he's a top goalkeeper you don't go and earn 75 England caps you don't play with Man City and none of clubs that he's, he's been at albeit he never played as I mentioned for a couple of seasons but He's a top goalkeeper and he'll he'll earn Celtic points this season. As you said, Rob, he looks like he's enjoying it. Mm. I think when you're watching, you see Celtic performing well or the team score, he's very much part of that. And he speaks really well in the, the interviews that I've heard him after games and, and whatnot. He gets it. He gets what it's about. He's been in those moments. In the English Premier League, he was there um, pushing, winning titles, You know, playing against the Liverpool teams of 2013, 2014. He was a huge part of that Man City team then. So he knows what it's all about. And the Celtic fans, Barry, know what it's like when you don't have a regular top goalkeeper between the sticks um, because they, they suffered last season. It wasn't all about goalkeeper, but certainly a top goalkeeper, a Fraser Forster or a Joe Hart would have helped. Yeah, well, they didn't replace Fraser Forster and then the crazy thing was for me and it baffled me and I'm sure it baffled everybody else, letting Craig Gordon go. I, I couldn't believe it. You just see what the, the job that Craig Gordon done. I'm not saying he got them promoted out of the championship. Big part of that. Mm. See, Leanne's just mentioned how far Hearts are up the league. Yep, they've had good performances, but Craig Gordon's pulled off some top saves. And also, he's the Scotland number one now. Um, so that baffled me that they, they let Craig Gordon go. But they've got a. They suffered for it last season, but look, they've got a top goalkeeper in Joe Hart now. He did uh, the business at the weekend again for Hearts. I mean, it's almost becoming boring talking about Craig Gordon saves because we expect them and he keeps on delivering. He, you know, done, he's done it for Scotland as well. But at the weekend, maybe four or five saves which varied. I mean, sometimes he makes difficult saves look easy, so sometimes it's difficult to, to rate them, but um, they were somewhere between good saves and wonder saves at the, at the weekend against St Mirren and... Uh, uh, which allows Hearts to then go up, go up the pitch get a couple of goals and win the game yeah and you just expect that now mm. even I think the way Scotland play and the way they've been performing it's no coincidence that you've got a goalkeeper in form as well that gives the team that confidence even when you look at the Denmark game certain moments corners later on in the game 
he comes, he's brave, he demands a penalty box, he takes charge and he takes the pressure off his defenders and that's massive, especially in, in moments like that where it's a you know, Hamden Park in front of a, a home crowd. So uh, he's been outstanding for Hearts this season and if they do manage to, to, to keep on in there at the top and whether they, I don't think they'll go all the way in terms of pushing to win the league, but I do think they could have a big say and where the points are shared elsewhere because I don't think they'll go from being a steady, consistent performer and just falling off the boil. You were just speaking about Scotland there and you got me thinking, could Craig Gordon play a part, do you think, in picking his Scotland successor? I mean, do you think he will do anyway? Would that would that happen, Barry, in an international setup where Craig Gordon would actually be consulted about who he thinks is the best of the goalkeepers coming through who eventually will take over from him? But I'm sure... St- Steve Clark would pick his brains. You'd be crazy not to, because mm. um, of the, the the top goalkeeper that he is. He's an intelligent guy. He knows the game inside out. So I, I think that would be a, a great idea. But listen, if we get the World Cup, which I think we will do, because I'm that confident with us good man. players. He's not going anywhere, is he? No, Craig, Gord- <laughs> Craig Gordon will be in Qatar. Mm. Um, he's he looks fit enough. He looks if he's loving his football. Look, he's not getting any younger, but he looks to me if he's. What is he, 39? 39, 39. Yeah. He looks like he's, he's playing 40, like a 19-year-old. Yeah. No, he's, no he's, th- he's coming 39. He's 39. He's, yeah, he's, he's playing yeah, like a 19-year-old. It's he, Alan McGregor who's coming 40. Yeah. Um, Craig's but heading listen, for 39. Just like a fine wine, he's getting better wage. Yeah. Both of them, Alan McGregor as well, top goalkeeper. But Craig Gordon, his predecessor for Scotland, I'm sure Steve Clark would uh, pick his brains on that. And he's, he missed it two or three years, didn't he? So he's got extra mileage on the clock, hasn't he? Unbelievable. I remember bumping into Craig Gordon years ago and he had no club. He was completely out of the game. He was uh, at Rangers I training. bumped into him, mm-hmm. yeah, through in Edinburgh. And I, 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 honestly, you, I could not believe then a couple of years later and being back in the game because at that point he had that really bad injury and his career looked to be mm. over um, yeah. the fact that he's managed to get himself back and it was a crazy decision from Celtic I know hindsight's a good thing but even just the, probably the way they treated him last season and, and offer him the option to go mm. um, or the option to stay and but with no guarantees that he would have been pushing for a number one spot it's just crazy but it's credit to him and it's, it's his application and his attitude to training and loving football and I think looking after his body Alan McGregor's the exact same if they probably knew back then what they know now um, it's crazy to think what level of goalkeeping they could have got to because they were probably two young guys that came through and, and maybe thought they could do everything and even injury wise knowing what to do and recovery and rehab and doing the right things it's just they're a credit to, to their attitude and his career looked over it at one stage yeah. oh yeah no, he was completely yeah. out of the game yeah, yeah. two yeah. years knee injury um, and I, I know he was in training with Rangers and obviously he got the chance to go to Celtic so he was goalie coach at Dumbarton wasn't he at one stage as well I think he was doing a bit of goalkeeper to, coaching crazy to think um, but do you know what that comes down to mindset it's easy Craig got it I'm sure he would have financially be fine mm. to say right mm-hmm. do you know what I've had enough I'm just going to go and, and do other things but no he continued to work hard and Look, he got um, he got to a Euros, never played, but look, he can get us to a, a World Cup. And look at the form he's in at Hearts. Mm. He's some of the saves he's pulling off is ridiculous at, at, at times. He pulled off. A, I don't know if you've seen it at Motherwell last weekend. Mm-hmm. I've seen unbelievable, yep. incredible. Yeah, just sitting there and uh, Derek Ferguson was alongside me actually, and we both just turned and looked at each other. And sometimes just speechless because it's so good, like Alan McGregor and, and some of the saves that he's made and. I think even Xander Clark and Liam Kelly this season have, have produced some mm-hmm. top, top saves. Um, Liam Kelly in particular had an incredible save as well, a double save mm-hmm. with his feet. Uh, and that's the difference when you look at those teams and now that are at the top end of the table. 
goalkeepers and good strikers are the difference between teams that, that do well and, and teams that... He, he's one goalkeeper that has impressed me, Xander Clark. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch St. Johnson, um, again, looks like he's getting better wages, he's getting more experience. He was obviously going about your Ali McCann's and, and so on. He's been at St. Johnson for his entire yeah. career. He was, massive, yeah. he was a massive part to that. Um, disappointed because he got left out of one of the Scotland squads. Fair play to Steve Clark put him back in mm. for that double header there he's impressed me and maybe and maybe he's the man we're, we're, we're talking about he's 29 so he, you know David Marshall not... still he's got a lot of football left in him yeah. he was on the show we spoke to mm. Marshall a couple of weeks ago and it was good to see that he's wanting to try and get out and play in January because let's be honest David Marshall was brilliant for Scotland mm. again he was a big part obviously the Serbia game and, and he was mm. the Scotland number one just in the summer there a tough time down at Derby but he's he's looking to get out in the first of January, and um, he, he's no what, what's Dave Marsh about 36? 36, 36, 36. Yeah, yep. thirty six. So we've still got good goalkeepers. You feel for goalkeepers goalkeeper. that are that are that good though that don't get the opportunity, like as Andy mm. Clark, Liam Kelly, just because the goalkeepers in front of them are so mm. good just now, and that's where I think Scotland have been blessed for for many years. But to be a number two as a goalkeeper, I always think is and it, psychologically it must be one of the toughest places to be in football. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're an outfield but player, you've got many. You've got many. Depends on how much you're getting paid. Yeah, uh, with the goalkeepers that I've known, probably <laughs> would never have needed to worry too much about that. But um, it's about playing football as well, isn't it? Yeah. These guys, you want to beat major tournaments. If you've got the opportunity to do that now with Scotland, you you want your chance. Liam Kelly and Xander Clark. It'll probably be a toss up be- between them over the next probably six months to see who's in and who's out. Yeah. I don't think Steve Clark can really decide between them. Anyway, Craig Gordon is going nowhere anytime soon. Uh, we need him to get us through the playoffs, hopefully, and get us to the World Cup in Qatar. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com. Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, 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 go. That was distracting, Barry. We were talking about chippies. Oh. <laughs> are you getting a chippy on the way home? Yep, I, I like a chippy. I, listen, I don't eat chippies all the time because I know... Sometimes what, you're, an, you're an athlete. Yep, yep. So yeah, I enjoy a, a chippy every now and then. What well, is it? What is the what's a sausage the top supper? One? Four pickles. Four pickles. Okay. Leanne, <laughs> and I might get a single smoked sausage as well. Leanne, have you got a, a chippy favourite? No, but, yeah, like but it would just be a, too it would be a traditional fish and chips. So if I, I was to get yeah. A chippy, yeah, but I, I don't love them. Like a white pudding supper myself. There's a wee. Oh. It's a chippy in Dundee that I've just How discovered recently. How did I know recently. that you were going to come away with something like that? <laughs> what's, wrong with a white, what's wrong with a white pudding supper? I don't think a lot of people in Glasgow go for that, Rob. I think that's more Is that up a, your way. Uh, well, they, they yeah. do them in Dundee. Do they not do it? They do it. I think they do it's them. something I would never, no, never ask for. No. no. Okay, for all sorts of reasons. <laughs> Okay, let's concentrate back to the on, football. Yeah, let's get back to the football. And it is a busy uh, few days of football uh, coming up. And let's talk for a moment about Aberdeen because beaten uh, 2-1 at Celtic Park yesterday, lots of pluses about the performance, but ultimately they lost, uh, lost out to a freaky sort of goal in the end. Uh, but maybe Celtic were going to win it in any case. Um, it all amounts to uh, a real pressure situation for your nephew Barry Lewis uh, and the rest of the squad. Uh, Lewis scored the penalty, of course, which made it 1-1 yesterday. Um, but it's two home games, Wednesday, Saturday. It's Livingston in the midweek and it's St Mirren at Pataudry at the weekend. And you get the feeling when you look at the league table, Aberdeen 15 points from 15 games. They're, ten off, they're five points off the bottom 
but all four teams below them have got a game in hand yeah I, I think it's two games that they need to win Rob um, I keep going through the Aberdeen squad the starting 11 the players on the bench that squad the players should be doing a lot better there's no doubt in my mind um, you can through look for me Ross McCrory top player my young nephew Scott Brown Ryan Hedges Johnny Hayes guys like that um, there should be a, for the quality they've got in the squad they should be higher up the league Calvin Ramsey when he, Calvin when he was Ra- playing yeah. Yeah. another t- I mean I think he's got a bright future yeah. um, that's the young right back really like him but the players that have rhymed off there and also on the bench I mean on the bench they've got Niall McGinn the Jet Matty Longstaff mm-hmm. so there's real good quality there um, so I'm sure the Aberdeen fans will be frustrated at the position they're in but these next two home games as you've mentioned Livingston and St Mern they need to be taking six points or I think the pressure's on Stephen Glass big time They're going through another of these spells Leanne where uh, last three games they've only scored one goal and it was from a penalty um, box to box they play some good stuff but they need that cutting edge I mean every team you know Celtic and Rangers have it generally other teams are always looking for a prolific goal scorer that's what everybody wants Aberdeen don't seem well, Ramirez has you would say has delivered because he scored nine goals so far but they go through little spells where they, they just struggle to hit the back of the net Yeah and I think like I was saying it comes down to a top goalkeeper and a brilliant number nine that can be the difference and I think that's probably been Aberdeen's downfall is that they don't score enough and they offer teams too much of an incentive and they don't keep enough clean sheets it can be simple as that in football and you can do as much training as you want you can work as hard as you like through the week you can offer up an identity that you think is the way that you need to play but if when you take to the pitch if you don't defend your box and you don't take your chances you simply won't win football matches and that has been Aberdeen this season consistently mm. 15 points from 15 games is probably outrageous for Aberdeen when you think of the team that they they had become mm. and that we've grown accustomed to seeing over the years they're up there second and third spot regularly up there pushing it constantly they're the team that if there was going to be points taken off the old firm it was Aberdeen that, that were most likely to do it they look a million miles away from what that team was and I need to agree with Barry I think they're a top side mm. filled with real talented players and Whatever that reason is that it just doesn't click, um, there's massive question marks over them. They're, they're in a really vulnerable place, though. I think if they don't win both these games, what do you do? Because mm. they're, they're going to be dragged into bottom two or three places. I mean, you look at the if they get players that can go and ride out a, mm. a relegation battle, probably, but is that really where Aberdeen expected themselves to be? Look at the engine room, centre midfield. You you can't tell me the, the three that I'm going to mention here, Scott Brown, Dylan McGeoch, and my young nephew Lewis. Mm. You can't tell me there's there's what the quality in the three yeah. players. They could get in the vast majority of teams. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um I've watched Aberdeen at times, yep, it's nice and pretty, but at the end of the day, you've got to win games of football. You, you mentioned earlier off air, Rob, two attempts on goal, one of them's a penalty. Mm-hmm. Even with the quality, I know they're away to Celtic Park, they they still got enough in that team to produce um, better stats than that and they need to get these next two games Livingston at home St Martin at home they need to be getting the six points and that, that's a concern isn't it because they, they really performed well at Ibrox a few weeks ago uh, they were two, two up and drew 2-2 two, two. they'd have taken the, the draw in advance they probably were left wishing they'd won the game they could have easily drawn that game 
yesterday as well. But it's against the, the team's Below them, maybe maybe not too many teams below them now. Mm-hmm. It's becoming fewer and fewer as we go along. Um, these are these are the games. These these are massive matches, aren't they, Leanne? Now it's probably similar to maybe the way Hibs have been, you know, for parts of this season as well, where they've not been consistent. They started well, then they fall away, then they go and produce the League Cup uh, quarterfinal performance against Tra- semi-final, sorry, against Rangers. Then they go and get beat midweek against Ross County you need to perform every game as the same three points it doesn't matter who you play against and I think with Aberdeen they've got players there I think that raise their game and, and know that they can go and match Rangers in a one-off maybe you're in the game against Celtic yesterday for enough enough of the game that maybe you could put it down to luck you know the Johnny Hayes clearance results in the goal but it's relentless pressure from Celtic you're opening yourself up defensively for the first goal they're non-existent they've got brilliant numbers behind the ball but nobody's mm. affecting the play um, nobody tracks runners the ball ends up in the back of the net that's happened over the course of the season so they need to be beating the teams around them they need to be taking points from every game um, because the teams in and around them will fancy their chances to go on the exact same run that we're fully expecting Aberdeen to, to go and produce uh, and so far they've not done it yeah, a, lot of, a lot of people went on about Derek McInnes' Aberdeen team they weren't a great football Team, but look where he got them. They mm-hmm. knew how to win games. Now, do you want a really good football team that doesn't win games, or do you want somebody who a team that knows how to, to get three points? And that that's was that was sorry, Derek McInnes's Aberdeen teams. Yep, they weren't pretty to watch in the eye at times, but he knew how to get results at that squad and with their level of investment because there's been a bit of investment into the squad yeah. as well, Rob. Yeah, um, a bit of money spent. With, where would they be, which but which bill wise, Aberdeen? Third, yeah. Alongside Hearts, so, it'll be pretty. Hearts and um, Aberdeen will be pretty similar wage bills. Um, so for that, in terms of the money and the, the investment, it's winning it. It's not been good enough for Aberdeen this season because they're a level of the player. I keep going back to it. I keep looking at the squad, and there is real good quality in that squad. Mm. I just wonder if the balance just isn't right, though. Really, when you look across the team, there probably is good young players some unproven players then players that I think you expect like McCrory, Ferguson you expect him to kick on McGeek but he was out the team for a huge part Mm. as well he found it difficult to get in that side which I found baffling as well because I thought he was a top player when he was at Hibs that's why he moved down south and then he comes back to Aberdeen and then the front players you know look exciting look like they can create chances but for me that there's not enough players that know how to get the job done or know how to see out games I think even the St Mirren game it was they were ahead weren't they and they get turned over and yeah. eventually lost that game and you just think probably under a, a Derek McInnes I don't think that would have been happening regardless of the, the pool of players that he had so there's massive question marks I think over Stephen Glass and it'll be interesting to see how um, Dave McCormack sees it mm, what, what you would have to say is they've been really unlucky with injuries and all the injuries have come in defence so at the moment they're, they're minus an entire back five mm-hmm. um, because Calvin Ramsey and Jack McKenzie are out mm-hmm. Um, and Declan Gallagher, Andy Considine, and Michael Devlin's not back yet. I mean that that that's pretty unfortunate when all your in, injuries come for defenders. Yeah, that, that, there's no doubt that's affected them. Um, but I still look who's come in and cover Rob. Still good players. Mm-hmm. You've Bates and McCrory there. Um, but the one one player that you did mention, um, I'm glad you did, and I've seen him a few times. The boy Ramsey. Mm. He, he's yeah, very good. He's got everything as well. Um, been interesting to see his development over the next six or twelve months. But he looks a real player. Aberdeen look they've they've found a a gem a player. Yeah, I mean he looks like somebody who could be on the same sort of track as as Nathan Patterson toward towards the Scotland team pretty soon. 
early on. Absolutely. Yeah, no, he's, he was excellent up until he got injured. And as it, that's going to play its part in the team, but I think it shows you the strength and depth that, that Stephen Glass has, has been backed and there's been a decent budget spent on bringing players in. That There's reinforcements there and some of the players that he's brought in just haven't hit the ground running. For me, David Bates is probably one of them. I expected him to come you know, back to Scotland with a good bit of experience under his belt, coming into a good team alongside you know, experienced players like a Scott Brown, Andy Constein, I know he's been injured, but I know he's still in and about the club to go there and learn and take it all in. And for me, he's just not been consistent or anywhere near the level of consistency you need to go and perform at Aberdeen. It's Aberdeen against uh, Livingston Wednesday and uh, against St Mirren, both games at Pataudry on Saturday. It is Hibs against Rangers on Wednesday night at Easter Road. And here's Giovanni Van Bronckhorst talking today about the match. Uh, well, well, of course, we uh, we look back to the game. You know, the game played and lost. Uh, you know, it will be a difficult game uh, on Wednesday because, you know, it's not the, the, same, uh, the same way of playing. You know, I have a different style and a different play than the team used on that day. Still, you can see the, the threats the Hips got with, with, their, with their system, with the players they have. And uh, Wednesday is a new chance for us to, uh, to get the three points. How do you see that one going, Barry, at uh, Easter Road Wednesday? Well, it's always a tough place to go. Um, I watched Hibs at the... Uh, first and foremost, I, I thought the semi-final Hibs were excellent. Mm. There's no doubt about it, they deserve to win. Um, and then we called it, they would go away and obviously get beat off Ross County. But they showed a bit of, a bit of metal going to McDermott Park at the weekend. Obviously missing a few players through suspension. Yeah. Because I think Boyle's been, um, he's just one player over the last couple of years, Rob, that's mm. that's went up levels, um, no doubt about it. And Kevin Nisbet now is starting to find a bit of form. Um, I thought he was really good against Rangers, obviously got his goal at the weekend. So, look, Rangers, um, Rangers will not be tough, but Rangers are in a, a good place just now. Two games under Gio, two wins. They're creating chances. And um, they've got to go there in confident mood and make sure they continue their run and well, getting that vital win. That's well, the most important thing. Sorry, Barney. Will revenge be in the air for Rangers, do you think, because of that semi-final defeat? I think so. Yeah, I think so. If you were a player, that I know how I would feel. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you want to play that next you can game use as, that, as quickly you? as you can. Yeah. And I think probably the way... You know, even Ryan Portis, I did find him quite funny in his post-match interview, but if you're a player on the, the opposing side, I think that sticks with you. Um, you know that he's obviously taken his opportunity to have a wee laugh and at your expense, so the next time you, you come up against that team, you want to go and turn them over, you want to produce a performance that shows what, what you should have produced that day or what you could have produced that day. Um, but it'll certainly be interesting, I think, over the last couple of seasons, Hibs v Rangers, Rangers v Hibs have, have mm. been top games. I think there's always been a bit of fire, whether it's been Morelis in there, Portis always um, has something to say in these games. I think they've been tight in many occasions, so it, I think it'll be a right cracking encounter. But I fancy Rangers to come out on top just simply because I think Van Bronckhorst seems to have found a, a bit of consistency within them and the two performances that they've produced have, have looked pretty good. Fashion Sakala got the goal that sealed it yesterday at Livingston. A header wasn't great, you would have to say, from uh, Max Stryak, the, the Livy goalkeeper, but he was well up, was the Zambian international striker, the head in Rangers' third goal. Well, I think he can he can do both. Played also uh, some games as a striker. You know, he plays on the left. I can use him on the right. He's one of the players who is very versatile. Has also the qualities to be dangerous in you know, whichever position he is. As, as a coach, you know, I, I love to uh, have players like that who can play in, in different positions. 
Yeah, Van Bronco's talking there, Barry, about his adaptability. Uh, it's debatable whether he's better down the sides or through the middle and maybe di- in different games he'll play a different role. Yeah, it, it just looks if he's happy to be at Rangers and that. I like seeing I that. I think he's just generally happy. Yeah, <laughs> and it's good to see that in a player. Look, he's got one thing, he's got pace to burn um, and it's good that he's adaptable. He can play anywhere across the, the three. Um, Has he convinced you? Yeah, but it, it took a bit of time. Get it. But listen, you've got to give some players time. Um, coming into a different environment, like the demands and expectations at Rangers is totally different to his previous club. Um, but listen, you, you, you see signs as a player in there. And as I said, he's got pace to burn. That's one of the, the best attributes to have. Um, he's coming up with a few goals now. So, yep, he's he's impressing me when, I'm, when I've seen him in a Rangers jersey. His header yesterday looks probably quite simple and maybe looks defensively poor but have you seen the height that he jumps? Mm, I know from yeah. a standing yeah. jump that's that's not that easy to no, do no. Uh, and I think that's what catches I think Jason Holt's marking mm-hmm. him yeah. catches him off guard because he, he doesn't look interested it's like he's not the target um, but to jump the height he did from a standing position is, is quite something it was really 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 good but the goalie was just a two or three feet behind them could he not have yeah but again I think it's his lack of movement that it doesn't engage right. the goalkeeper or the defender initially um, I thought looking at it, it was probably a delivery to the back post I don't think you were expecting Sakala to be the target but mm. he got up really well it was a great header and the goalkeeper's got to do better clear everything out in front of him yeah but listen fair play to Sakala it was it was some leap mm-hmm. from as Leanne just said there a standing jump um, obviously a bit of power on the legs but look he's he's good he's he's, he's got pace as I said Um it's clear when I heard Stephen Gerrard speak about him saying he's, he's wanting to learn, he's wanting to be out in the training ground all the time, he's wanting to try and improve himself. And that's good to hear from players. But I, I think he can um, he can be a big plus point for Rangers, whether that's starting or coming off the bench. He's one of the best interviewees we've had on the show as well when he signed. Uh, he is a seriously happy chappy, and he was yesterday scoring the goal that sealed the Rangers' win to keep them four points in front in the Premiership. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, 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 go. Always worry when producer James wanders into the studio and starts pushing buttons and pulling faders down and all the rest of it. But uh, we've survived it and... Uh, he came up with what he thought was quite an interesting uh, script line in the show in that uh, Celtic are playing catch-up three times on the trot, having done so yesterday, of course. Um, Livingston won Rangers 3 and then Celtic beat Aberdeen 2-1. And during the week, uh, Celtic play Thursday night, Barry. Celtic against Hearts on Thursday. And we were talking about that Rangers game at Easter Road Wednesday. And then at the weekend, Saturday for Rangers against Dundee. Hope you're following me here, yeah, are you? You're I'm losing interest. Uh, Dundee United Celtic. Take on Sunday, yeah, but I, I don't think that will concern um, either players. Like you've got to just focus on number one, and that's that's the team that you're playing for, trying to get a result. Um, and we spoke about it off air as well, Rob. There's a lot of games. I was speaking to Lan about it, but she's a footballer. That's what you want. You want to play games. Yeah, three games a week. I'm sure if you asked any players, they would rather play games of football than train. Um, so I don't buy into there's too many games for uh, the teams in in December. You're they're fit enough, they're well looked after. Um, the amount of sports science now involved in the recovery, things they get um, nowadays, that doesn't matter. If you ask footballers, they just want to play games of football. But in terms of Rangers playing before Celtic, 
I don't think Rangers will think about that and I don't think the Celtic players will, will think about Rangers playing before them as well. So it was a pretty daft point from James. Yeah, it was. I've just looked at him and I've done That's I why he produces in it and yep. he's not on his <laughs> <up> <laughs> <and> <laughs> <laughs> So Leanne, lots of uh, rest and recovery coming up but maybe not a lot of training. Honestly, that is the best time. Me and Barry both agreed on that. It can be tough. Maybe it'll be tough for Van Bronckhorst if he's coming in and he's wanting to change a couple of things. Maybe Postacoglu would feel the same because it's a relatively new team but any time I've been in a position like that you get the most out of your players in that period in time if everybody's fit and it's a case of picking your strongest 11 every single game that was where I felt you get the most consistency as a player and it's the most enjoyable sometimes you get into training and you don't really want to do just a bit of possession for the sake of it or going through the motions at times and if it's just play the game recover go again it's the best feeling Absolutely. We have touched on it already um, in the show earlier. Uh, that uh, prospect of Patterson and uh, Tavernier playing in the same Rangers team, it didn't really happen very often uh, this season so far under Stephen Gerrard before his departure. It has happened in both games in which Van Bronckhorst has been in charge. Yeah, it's an option for me, you know, especially when uh, you have games like uh, like yesterday, but also against Prague when you are you know, playing really well and really need to defend the advantage we have. So with Nathan, you have uh, a player who's uh, defensively very solid. I think the combination with, uh, with James is, is excellent and... Uh, so that's an option for me, you know, it's uh, an option uh, to give the defence a, a little bit more of stability, but also, you know, keep keep uh, keep the, the pace up front when, when needed. What do you make of that, Barry, getting them both in the same team, at least at some stage during the game? Yeah, I think you'll see, I think that's one of the things that Gio's brought, to see a game out. It's good game management for me. Um, it's good management um, from Gio himself, saying, right, do you know what, the game, Thursday night, 2 nothing. we see it out. And the same at Livingston, 3-1 up. Um, so for me, it's just about seeing the game out and make sure you don't concede a goal. Um, so I think you might see it going forward. I think at the start of games, I don't think domestically you'll see it. Maybe away from home in Europe, um, you might see two of them playing together. But I wouldn't say that I would um, probably see it here in the league. It, mean, it? it means a different starting position, doesn't it, for Nathan Patterson? But, but if it's geared more to security rather than actually attack, then... Yeah, I mean, it could work in your favour, I think. Um, it's probably going to take a bit of trial and error. It's OK doing it in games that you've already got that advantage, whether it would be more of a risk to start with it in a bigger game. Did it flip yesterday then? Like, almost more like a 4 one 4 one when Patterson came on? Yeah, it just makes him more solid. Yeah. Um, obviously, Nathan's first priority has been a defender. He's brilliant going forward, but it just makes him more solid. Uh, and that's just trying to see the game out. You don't need to go and chase a game. You're 3-1 up. 10, 15, 20 minutes to go. It's just about getting out there with the three points. And as I said, it's game management. And that's what Gio's done in the last two games. And I think you'll see that going forward. If Rangers are in front by a couple of goals, just see the game out. Here he is speaking more generally uh, about the tweaks he's been making uh, since taking control. As I said before, it's a quite a big squad. A big squad with a lot of uh, different qualities and strengths. You know, the back line, middle, the midfielders also with, with our strikers, you know, because I, I know, you know, to be dynamic in system and changing in system, it's very important now in modern football. And I think we also have the you know, the place to do so. So uh, in, in, in that uh, objective, I'm very happy with the, the balance in the squad. You know, we, we will prepare every game differently. You know, different opponents need different strategies, different uh, players as well. So I'm just happy with the depth in squad uh, this team has. 
How much, Barry, will he have kept an eye on Rangers previously because it was his old team and he kind of knew who was there and formations and tactics and all the rest of it? And how much will he have just uh, brainstormed in the last couple of weeks since he was in the frame to replace Steven Gerrard? I don't think he would have seen every game. I'm sure as an ex-player, it's like anybody of a a club you played for, you always look out for the result at at the weekend. Um, But the the, the formations that... The formation, sorry, Gio played at Firenard was a 4-3-3. That's mm. a Dutch way of playing. Yeah. It's pretty similar um, to the way Stephen Gerrard uh, done things. So he's just tweaked a couple of things himself. As we spoke at the start of the show, the fullbacks and the wide players are staying more in their position. Um, so in, in terms of in terms of Gio knowing the players inside out, but you've got video analysts, I'm sure he would have watched hundreds of games or a lot of games. Um, so now I think in the coming weeks you'll start to see him put his, his own marker on the team. But over the last couple of games, you've certainly seen a couple of differences. What's your thoughts, Barry, on Scott Arfield? Because he's a player that probably like didn't him. get too much yep. of an opportunity of late under mm, Stephen Gerrard. Prime, prime Scott Arfield, mm-hmm. his first goal, late run for midfield. And you ask any defenders... Defenders hate runners for, uh, from midfield and that's what Scott Arfield um, brings. I, I still think he's got a lot to offer. Um, Ranger Scott Arfield, you know he's always going to come up with a goal. But that's Ranger's strongest area. I mean, you look at the quality they've got in the middle of the, middle of the pitch, sorry. Even Devo um, wasn't playing Ryan Jack. You've got Arfield, you've got Kamara, you've got Arebo. You've got real good quality in there. Um, but in terms of Scott Arfield, I think he's got a lot to give still for this Rangers team. I think that's what he's talking about Van Bronckhorst there, isn't it? When he's talking about the squad, he's got so many numbers. When Barry starts listing them there, the players who didn't actually start yesterday, um, he can do all sorts of different things with those players he's got. Yeah, if he likes to keep my roof as well. Yeah. You know, Lundstrom, never yeah. even met, mentioned. Yeah. Roof Scott, could be in the squad, you know, I think. Scott Wright, and, and it's probably players that, that you wouldn't be surprised if those players started games as well and came in and there was that type of rotation. Um, there is really good options. I think that's where probably both sides of the old firm are have got their most quality just now as middle to front um, defensively it's just those moments but certainly for me the, the Patterson and Tav scenario will be an interesting one how that plays out because I personally think it's one that you could see Tavernier coming out the Rangers team in the run-in in these these crucial games over December mm-hmm. to give him a chance in the, the team but you forget about Ryan Jack as well coming back into the Rangers team if he can come back in and get up to any sort of level of performance it'll be very interesting He's a big player Leon. He's a big player, Ryan Jack. Just got to be careful because he's been out for about six or seven months. Mm. Um, but they're just bringing him in and like playing him 20, 30 minutes. But he's, um, for me, Ryan Jack. He manages again. games, doesn't he? And yeah, he's come on leaps and bounds, as I said. See, when Rangers signed him, I wasn't too sure. I thought, mm, right, he'll be a squad player. But Ryan Jack, for me, in time, probably be the next Rangers captain as well. And Stevie Clark will be watching that one with interest as well because he will certainly, if he continues to, if he's okay, doesn't get a recurrence of injury and, and he continues to play the way he did play, uh, he'll be in that Scotland squad, you would imagine, in March. Quick word about tomorrow night. Uh, there are four Premiership games Wednesday, one on Thursday, uh, but the first one up is tomorrow night at Fir Park. Uh, Leanne, Motherwell against Dundee United. Not quite sure at the moment. Uh, you, we know what we're going to get from Motherwell. No, and I think that's the, the real frustration. You know, I know being in and around the club, um, they're in a good place. I think the boys are enjoying it. I know the manager um, is working really, really hard, but results at times have, have probably been too inconsistent. But with that, you, we've probably spoke loads about Dundee United and we spoke about it briefly off-air, uh, Barry and I. 
Dundee United have spoke about how well they've started the season and the results that they've produced. Motherwell are only four points behind them, so it's mm. a massive game tomorrow night. I think performances at Fir Park, I was there and took in Motherwell Hearts last weekend and they were exceptional. Played Hearts off the pitch for the first minute to the very last. Outstanding, but then they go to Dundee and, and lose the game on Saturday. So hopefully, for Motherwell's sake and, and my sake, being in and around the club mm. and a part of that, it's, it's a good night tomorrow. It must be frustrating for Graham Alexander. I mean, you go for that performance yeah. against Hearts where they were exceptional and Hearts are high-flying just now. What I like about it is he's so honest. Sorry, Barry, when mm. he comes out after the game, though. You know, yeah. he says, no yeah. excuses. Yeah. We've just, we've not done the basics well. That's as simple as But you know what Motherwell like? They're going, for me, I think Motherwell will beat Dundee United. Away for your supper, away for your sausage supper with, <laughs> what was it, four pickles? Four pickles. Four pickles, okay. Enjoy, and we're back uh, with the show tomorrow, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show with thetaxicentre.com Your exclusive taxi trade savings are waiting on you. Let's go, 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 go. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.